Welcome to episode three of the Creative Percussion Podcast. My name is Justin Mason, and I'm here with a fellow Justin, Justin Cohen. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Great absolutely. name, by the way. Great yeah, name. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So with this being the Creative Percussion Podcast, um, usually my first question is, what was the, what is the one thing that, from Creative Percussion, that stays on your kit? Yeah, man. Um, so I have twist rods from way back in the day. So mm-hmm. when Kevin first started, uh, I still play them uh, and I still have a couple of broken pairs as well, which is always <laughs> nice. So, um, but yeah, and, and uh, I'm a huge fan of the taco. So that comes everywhere yeah. with me. I've got three different snare drums and all three have a taco on them. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, man. And also now I just got to that symbol you can see right back there actually. Yeah is one of the uh the newest symbols that i got from him it's a 22 so um dude incredible i absolutely love the way that thing sounds really yeah man i've been i've been kind of back and forth on buying one so i think i need to i think i need to get one i mean dude i I, i'm i'm a huge fan of like trashy uh dark you can hear the attack of the stick uh type of symbols i play like super dark stuff so um, but yeah, man, it was, I heard him doing some stuff and he's a brilliant man, dude. Like not just cause he's a good friend of mine, but he's seriously, he's just a brilliant dude. So anything he makes is remarkable. So, yeah, I talked to, uh, Joe Beninati a couple yeah. of episodes ago and, uh, Kevin was telling me, you know, Joe is one of those pe- types of people who anytime he sees him post anything, he just instantly texts him and say, Hey, when can I get this? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. It's not even in production yet. What are you what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, man. All the all the stuff that he does, like the hi hat, uh the little hi hat I'll call them bells because it's kind of what it looks like for to me over Facebook. But like yeah. uh anything that he does, man, like uh I remember back in the day he was doing hi hat um uh releases and stuff like that that he was inventing. Mm-hmm. Um I actually had a snare uh of his that uh, I did some old YouTube videos as a, as a little popcorn, tiny little guy. Yeah. Um, and I was in a band called the Romano project <laughs> and their lead singer is a drummer and uh, he was a really good guy. Um, and he was like, man, I love that snare. And I think it was his birthday and I gave it to him. So before I moved to California, but um, yeah, man, that, those are honestly, if I could take it all back, I'd keep the thing. Cause it was such an incredible snare. I just, I knew that he really, really loved it. So. Yeah, and it's probably one of those unique things that he probably doesn't make anymore. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> kind of like the uh, the beehive beater that I have. I bought oh, nice. the last, uh, got the last beehive beater that yep. uh, he had. And nice. I, it doesn't come off my kit. Yeah. You should you should put that thing in like a glass box on the wall or something, man. Just That's quit like... using it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the, the, the skateboard wheels. I've got the clear one, yeah. and then I've got a red one as well. Yeah. Uh, I forget where the red one went. I think, I think I let my buddy John Jonathan Green. I'm not sure if you know who Jonathan Green is uh, incredibly talented musician and drummer uh, here in Newton, North Carolina. But I think he's using one on his kit now. I think it might be the red one, but 
yeah, that, that beater I've had for like five years and it's yeah. still absolutely brilliant. So I haven't had a need to buy another one. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. I have gotten a couple just, just to have different, you know, voices when I'm using my kick drum and stuff, but 10 times out of 10, the beehive one is on my kit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, yeah. So you mentioned, um, your former lead singer being a drummer. Yeah. And when we first started talking, you said that you're doing more singing than drumming currently. Yeah. So how did that come about? Did it come about out of necessity, out of want? How did that kind of take place? Man, I don't, the transition definitely happened at school. I think like in my last couple of months in, in college, Yeah. Um, I was doing a lot of open mics and I was surrounded by some pretty incredible vocalists. And I was like, man, it'd be kind of cool to learn for back to be like, to be backing vocal for them. Mm -hmm. um, especially when we were doing like half shows and stuff and, I guess that was really when I started to, to find the voice. Um, I had been singing in a band though um, with my very best friend, Justin Friedberg, who's an incredible guitarist uh, based out of New Hampshire. And another Justin. Yeah, dude, so the trifecta, <laughs> man. Um, my, maybe we should form a band after this. Well, let's uh, do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I sung in a band with him for many, 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 many years. I just was never any good, man. Um, pretty terrible, actually. I thought my, my dad came up to me one day. He's like, hey, man, you might want to not sing anymore. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I don't know, I just always kind of had a love for it, but then really started to get serious about it after college. Um, and now I'm, I'm in multiple projects with mm -hmm. Justin uh, Freeberg and his brother, Chris Freeberg, uh, and Eric Butler which is his brother-in-law. So it's kind of all in the family. I consider him my brother. So yeah. uh, I consider Justin and Chris my brothers. But yeah, man, that's kind of, that was when it transitioned. Long story, long. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is one thing that you know now as a drummer that you wish you had known when you first started playing drums? Man, I, to to sit as far in the pocket as you possibly can mm -hmm. and listen. Um, like the biggest mistakes I made as a juvenile drummer was that I thought that chops were everything. And I was really heavy on bringing a 35,000 piece drum set to these mm -hmm. gigs. And um, I started studying with Dave Desenzo and he changed my entire perspective on what a drum set does for a band and what a drummer should do for a band. Um, so yeah, man, I, I mean, I wish, I wish going in, but like before my Plymouth state university days, even in high school, I kind of wish I just chilled out on the chops and really learned what the pocket meant and like yeah. what it meant to be a musician behind the drums rather than, you know, just be a drummer, you know? Yeah, I completely get that. I, I told somebody earlier today, I've been playing for 16 years, but I've only been playing to a click for six. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm in the same boat with you. I wish that the first day that I sat behind a drum kit, I had sat with a metronome. Yep. Just so that I had that in my arsenal. Absolutely, man. It's, it's the part that, like, a lot of drummers forget is, mm -hmm. like, we love the way we sound because we're the we we have the potential to be the loudest in the right. group and we've got the most things to hit yeah. in some cases right uh 
except for guitarists that have like 10 string guitars and you know microtonal fretboards and all that crazy stuff but like you know i mean that's it's extremely like you just said it man like playing to a click is extremely extremely beneficial not only for your mind but to be able to understand you know how to flex time in a way and how to leave space of all things um and to kind of understand that like not everything has to be so choppy and so fast and it's okay to be slow and in the pocket and it's okay to just sit there and groove and it's okay to listen Uh, but yeah man absolutely i agree 100 percent. so what is or have you even experienced your biggest failure as a drummer and if you have what what did you take from that experience Damn, dude, these are deep. Uh, <laughs> geez. Uh, I'd say, of course, man, like fail often, dude. Um, I went, so I'll try to make this fairly quick instead of long winded so I don't put people to sleep. Um, basically, before, before going to college, um, I had played quite a bit in uh, marching band in high school, mm-hmm. and I was a terrible sight reader. And I would, I would kind of fake it a bit. Um, (laughs) And it caught up to me when I got to Plymouth and symphonic band quite a bit. I went to school with a guy named Christopher Roberts and uh, incredible sight reader. It's his symphonic capabilities and rudimental capabilities are absolutely incredible. And he knew everything there was to know about sight reading, in my opinion, at least what I could see. Right. And so one of the things that I, and and Dave will tell you this too, if you ever get a chance to talk to Dave DeCenzo, just ask him how often I studied. (laughs) I think as a drummer, man, like that was my biggest letdown to myself and failure to myself is that I would kind of crap my way through the whole thing Mm -hmm. just so that I basically could try and advance to what we talked about before, especially with Dave, because Dave's chops are absolutely incredible. Like, He's honestly, dude, and I and I really hope that it's not. Yeah, you know, I hope he doesn't listen to this and be like, "Why, you know, why is he saying this type of stuff?" But <laughs> I'll send it to him. Uh, perfect. But like, <laughs> I mean, like, he's dude. He is my favorite drummer of all time. He's just hands down. Just outside of him being an incredible human, he's just he's just he understands the whole entire meaning behind being a percussive musician. And yeah. like, that was my biggest letdown. I think my failure to him is I didn't study enough and I didn't practice enough and I didn't sight read enough and I got my ass kicked, especially at school. Um, you know, that was, I'd say that's my biggest, man. I, I didn't, I didn't put in as much as I should have in my earlier days. And, you know, not that I'm paying for it now, but it was just a letdown, you know, for, for myself and for, for those I was studying with. So, yeah. Yeah, I get that. And I'm in, it's, it's crazy the similarities that we have because I was asked all through high school to play in marching band. Yeah. But our instructor wouldn't let me because I wouldn't sight read. I could listen to it and play it flawlessly, but I wasn't reading. Right. And so he said, nope, you can't do it. He said, learn to read. I said, nope. And I didn't learn to read. Yeah. And uh, back in 2011, 2012, I started teaching at a local high school. And that just that came back to bite me because I didn't know how to sight read. So yep. it's, it's important to do things like that. It really is. Yeah. And it, like it helps Dave's like his book or well, both of his books, multiple of his books. Um, 
we would we would study different types of of pieces from his book, especially demystifying rhythm. That was like one of the books that I wish that I had put my entire mind, body, and soul into because he breaks down a lot of the stuff that like I really I really loved about his playing. Yeah, and still do continue to to this day. But yeah, man, like that was something that I could have had more of a grasp around, and I feel like. I auditioned for a cruise line at, at school <clears throat> when I went to Berkeley. I ended up leaving Plymouth and going to Berkeley and like they had these cruise line auditions, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I show up and there's musicians in there like Spank was in there. Oh, wow. uh, <clears throat> Matt Gartzko was in there. Uh, <laughs> Sean Chops was in there. Like JP was in there. Like literally, dude, like I went to school with the hitters, bro. The heaviest of hitters. And like like <clears throat> I remember going in there and I said to Sean, I think I walked by Sean and I go, how was it? He goes, if you don't know how to sight read, you're totally screwed. And I was like, ah, <laughs> all right, well, I got this. So I sit down and I hated brushes too at the time. Yeah. And uh, I sit down and this guy goes, oh, well, I'm going to put a couple of pieces in front of you. And uh, I think this is for, for princess cruises. And um, I would put a couple pieces in front of you. We're going to play medium up and like medium up to me, man, is like one, two, one, two. Like that's that's medium up to me. You know what I mean? He sits me down. He puts this page in front of me. He's like, set up as many hits as you possibly can. And I was like, you got it. No problem. And I'm looking at this page that he puts in front of me and I'm like, oh, my God. There was, dude, there was time signature changes with hit ups into the time signature changes and like dude and he he says he says all right were well, you ready i'm like yeah sure no problem he goes one two one two three four I was like, Ooh. <laughs> so i just literally just like 30 seconds in he goes yeah he's like hey man he's like you all right you want to start again i'm like dude this is a bit much for me man i don't know if it's for me but like <laughs> just talk about a failure bro that was so bad oh yeah 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 man practice early man start reading early for real so this kind of ties into what we were just talking about. You know, when yeah. I first started playing drums, the internet wasn't as deep as it is now. So resources were, you picked up drum books at a local music shop. Yeah. You, you studied with somebody at a local music shop, something like that. Um, what are now for you the best resources that have helped you in the past, even just in the past few years? Yeah. Um, especially with like the, with the pandemic and everything, dude, like it, it's shaped how I go about, you know, learning and how I continue to kind of train my brain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even before that, um, I still have a lot of paperbacks from going to school and, uh, and, and before that, and I've kind of kept those pretty close. Um, if, if it's something new that I kind of want to explore, I will obviously do it. You've probably heard this YouTube, right? You've heard oh, yeah. it probably from everybody. Yeah. Um, but like I watch, a, I mentioned Jonathan Green uh, before. Like I, I watch how he plays because he live streams with a band called Anamika every Wednesday, especially during the pandemic. Um, for the last couple of years, dude, going out and watching shows has been the best way for my brain to, to, to work. Um, you know, getting asked to play certain gigs from going and watching as well and putting myself in uncomfortable situations. Um, that's been a great resource for me, right? Going to see live shows, even virtual shows and and, and watching, you know, online clinics and um, 
rewatching clinics from you know modern drummer or like the modern drummer 2013 festival that Desenzo yeah. did and like even like all of those man every bit of that like you know all of that stuff is so easily attainable now so um but yeah that's kind of where i think i find my resources at least as quickly as possible and as and as, as rich as possible yeah and i mean the the i guess cop-out answer is drumio you know something right. like that uh which it, i'm not knocking drumio but i mean they put out so much content out there it's just there's no way for you to watch all of it right so right. it's just that's like you said youtube is is probably the best thing that you can do yeah absolutely so who was your when you were learning the drums who was your biggest cheerleader and uh on top of that who was your biggest influence yeah uh cheerleader mom and dad for sure man okay. equally equally yeah. um uh, remember that that uh, 13 or 4000 piece drum set i was talking about in the beginning mm-hmm. so my mom's an incredible uh, artist and she hand paints silk scarves and stuff and i would go and like get these really crappy drums at garage sales and like take the skins off of them and she would paint them and like we'd put them in this huge kit yeah. Um, and at the time I'd had a kit like that. It was like, I had no idea how to tune the kit. So it was literally all just <laughs> one sound going all the way from high rack all the way to low floor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, they, they were always pushing me always, always like you got this. I was afraid to do double bass at the time. And like, I didn't want to even touch it. So I bought a second bass drum or my dad did for my birthday. And he was like, you got this, put me down in the basement and I you know figured it out. Yeah. Um, my mom's an incredible musician. So um, it's always been awesome to kind of follow in, in, in her footsteps. And my dad's got an incredible year as well, um, for sure. So both of them on the cheerleading side. Influence, man. I was a humongous, still am, Carter Beaufort uh, mm-hmm. fan, big fan. Um, we talk about Pocket, you know, him, Steve Gadd. Um, I'd say Vinnie Colaiuta was another one, too, I used to listen to as a kid, uh, especially on the Coltrane album as well. Like, uh, yeah. He hit with some pretty pretty incredible players as well, um, and then you know you you like even before that growing up like <laughs> you got Lars of course uh, right. was an influence as a kid, but as soon as I started to like really understand where I was gonna fit in, Dave Desenzo and Mike Mangini and um, uh, Virgil Virgil was a pretty big influence for me too, mm-hmm. um, Dennis Chambers as well like that whole. That whole collective of fusion players, pocket players, really, really were a big, big influence for me. Yeah, and I mean, going back to, you know, similarities that we have, that a lot of those were, were big influences of mine. Mike Mangini, yep. um, John Michelli, who plays yep. for Meatloaf and yep. has played for Blue Oyster Cult and stuff like that. Big Talk influence of mine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So what is a common myth that you hear about drumming that you would like to just squash right now? We're, we're on episode, uh, four of Mythbusters drum edition. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Dude. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't really know. Like you, you see those, those, those t-shirts, um, what does it say? Save, save the drum heads. 
uh, I don't know if it's safe for kids on here, so I probably shouldn't say the other <laughs> half of that. But like, you know, like there's 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 myths about how the drummer never gets you know any attention, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's a whole load of crap. Um, yeah. Like, maybe the wrong people don't get attention, <laughs> right? Uh, but like, dude, I think that's a load of crap. Um, I don't really know. I think that's kind of it, dude. Like, I don't really, I try not to put my head in, in those. I don't really, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. think that's probably the biggest one. What about you? What would you say? I, I want to know. Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Even yeah. when I type that question up, I guess the biggest thing is the drummer jokes, you know, how mm-hmm. stupid people think drummers are and stuff like that. You know, right. I'd really like to debunk that because I mean, you you talk about somebody like Mike Mangini, the genius behind, yeah. you know, everything that he does. For him to be able to do four different things with all of his limbs and yeah, you know, swap up time signatures every measure yeah. and stuff like that. Just so I guess the I guess the quote unquote ignorance of drummers. Sure. Yeah. So okay, for sure. Um. Which the drummer jokes are funny, you know, I'll laugh at them, you know, and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, why don't you talk to a drummer and actually see how intelligent we are? Yeah, I think that, (laughs) I think those are silly people, man. The the ones that come up with those, like. Guitar players. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man, yeah, I usually don't get into bands or play with the folks that make, you know, stupid jokes. Oh, yeah. Those are are the ones that, you know, believe them, so. Right. Uh, yeah, that's funny, dude. That's a good one. <laughs> like it. So, um, what advice would you give a new drummer? Somebody comes on, comes to, comes up to you on the street or after a show or something, and says, "Hey, I'd really like to start learning how to play drums." If you have five minutes with this person, what is your top advice that you would give this person? Yeah, man. Listen to everything you can. <clears throat> Love everything you can. <clears throat> don't put yourself into a corner of playing one type or one genre, um, one type of groove or one genre of music. Yeah. Challenge yourself a lot. Like somebody who's never played drums before, I'd say obviously, you know, start super simple and don't rush things. Start super mm-hmm. slow. Don't rush things. Um, and find a mentor and a teacher who you really like a lot. Find somebody who knows you for who you are as well and like can help you grow behind the drum set because that's really important. It's not just about you learning how to play drums. It's not just about, I mean, you're an educator, so you understand. Right. Like it's not just about learning how to play the drums. It's not just about learning how to read. It's not just about learning what type of music you want to listen to. It's literally about understanding who you are behind the drum set and what yeah. like what your mission behind the drum set is. And each and every time you pick up your drumsticks, right? Like play with a purpose, right? Even if it is just for a hobby, play with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Challenge yourself. Put yourself into certain situations that you might not have necessarily been put in in musical situations and try to play with with musicality instead of sitting there for 72 bars and soloing for the entire time. <laughs> uh, obviously those times are fun too, especially if you're frustrated to just literally do every single trick in the book that you know how to do. Cause it helps with uh, relieving some stress, but yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's really the biggest piece of advice, man. Learn everything you can listen to everything you can and love everything you can as much as you can. 
and it'll it'll help you develop into the drummer uh, or at least into the musician that you're trying to be. Yeah, I completely agree that that is what I tell my students whenever I get a new student. Yeah. Look, here's this. Here's these rudiments. Learn these rudiments, and I'm going to give you a list of ten songs, all different genres that I want you to listen to, and I want you to be able to. I don't want you to necessarily be able to tell me, hey, this is what they're doing here, this is what they're doing there, but I want you to be able to discern the differences in the drumming. Yeah. Because that's going to help you out so much. I can't tell you how many times that back when I was a session drummer, that one day I'd be playing country, the next day I'd be playing hip hop, yep. the next day I'd be playing metal. Yeah. You got to know all these things. Yeah, 100%. Yep. <coughs> Yeah, and at the end of the day, right, it's like a genre is, is, is a genre and you should absolutely, that's why, you know, making sure that you you know and can understand what that genre can call for mm-hmm. and how to bring your sound to it too, right? Like unmistakable sounds. Who Who's a top, who are the top four drummers that you would know right off of the, and, you know, I know one of them may be Bonham, I hope not, because that's definitely, somebody will always <laughs> say that, but like, give me four drummers that you can hear and without a doubt know who they are. Honestly, Mike Portnoy would be one. Done. He is, he's one of those people who, I mean, it doesn't matter what he's playing. He can play with the Winery Dogs, with Transatlantic, with Flying yeah. Colors, Dream Theater, and he does the same feels. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he has the same the same feel to his drum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> four over two, four over. Right, right. That's so, funny. Yeah, yeah that yeah, would man. that would be one that I would think of just right off the top of my head. Yeah, if you listen listen to animals as leaders prior to Matt joining, right, and then listen to Matt now. And like, even in some of his newer projects too, you know, it's Matt like right away. Like you don't even, all you have to hear is the first like five seconds of a tune and you're just like, damn, like, yep. Carter, same thing. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Justin Faulkner. I don't know if you know Justin Faulkner at all. Another Justin. Yeah. Um, He's in, he plays for Branford and Wynton Marsalis, like that whole Marsalis family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, another player that just has an incredible sound. Um, and you know right away, obviously, without saying Desenzo, another guy, of course. Um, yeah, man, solid choice, dude. That's a, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for me, another one would be, um, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but Jordan Cantana. Okay, I believe I'm not name. too familiar. He uh, he replaced uh, AJ Pirro in Adrenaline Mob. Got it, okay. Um, and he plays for a band called Sugarmore. I think he plays with his brother and stuff like that. But yeah, he's nice. he's that type of drummer. He's a left-handed drummer too. Wow. But I mean, I anytime I hear anything from him, I he he filled in for Tokyo Motor Fist back nice. a couple of weekends ago, and I didn't even have to watch, didn't even have to see who was playing with them to know, hey, that's Jordan. So, love that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, with this being the Creative Percussion Podcast, I'm going to hit a couple of Creative Percussion questions. Yeah. So, uh, what was, if you can even remember, what was the first thing that you bought from Creative Percussion, and what was your first interaction with Kevin like? Uh, Kevin, for those of you who don't know, is the owner of Creative Percussion. Yes. Dude, I remember. Right? Like, literally, like, it was yesterday. Okay. Bear with me, because this might, this it might be a little choppy, but there's this place called Murphy's in Manchester, New Hampshire. And Kevin played in a band there uh, for a long time. And, and I was so 
so attracted to his drum set, man. It was yeah. red. Uh, he still <laughs> plays it in a lot of his videos. He got like this incredible rap on it. And like, I just, I loved the attention to detail in his stuff. And I didn't know that he built the kit at first. I had no idea. So, um, so I ended up going up to him and I'm like, hey man, this is an incredible kit. Yeah. You crushed it. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. He's like, my name's Kevin. Oh, my name's Justin. And um, he goes, yeah, man, I, I built this. I'm like, get out of here. He's like, yeah, man, let's, I do everything myself. I'm like, no ways. <laughs> and so we were just like, you know, we started shooting the crap and like whatever. And then uh, again, I saw him at another club um, not too long after that. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, hey, what's going on? I was like, it's Kevin, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I want to talk to you about, you know, maybe promoting some stuff and playing some stuff. And, and helping man because you've got an incredible thing going and so the first thing that um and kevin's an incredible person man um mm -hmm. he actually let me tr test out some twist rods original twist rods that he had and then also he had these other uh rods that you could actually push a uh, i think he still has it but like move a rubber washer up the stick to get a different firmness and tone out of the mm -hmm. sticks yeah um so those were the first couple of things that i had had from kevin um and that snare drum too um I had that thing for years, man. Um, it was literally, I think it was like six, maybe six, seven years ago uh, when I when I gave it out as a gift to, to the Romano project. But like, dude, absolutely. First interaction was Murphy's. First thing I had was a twist rods with the little uh, the little rubber washer. Dude, those are the sickest things. I still have a pair in my bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then obviously the snare. But yeah, absolutely. Dude, I, it's a, honestly an honor to even just know the guy. He's an incredible dude. Yeah, I, I actually get to meet him in person next month. Um, awesome. I'm going to be going to the Music City Drum Show with Creative Percussion. Nice. Um, so it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. I'll get to meet him and just a lot of other people. So it's yeah, gonna dude. Be, uh, be Jealous. <laughs> Please give him a big hug from me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a great dude. So speaking of Creative Percussion, what is one thing, so say you're walking down the street, somebody sees you wearing a Creative Percussion shirt or Creative Percussion hat, and they say, or what is Creative Percussion? Yeah. You ex kind of explain it to them, give them the Cliff Notes version. What is one thing from Creative Percussion that you would say, all right, this is what you got to buy, this has got to be your first thing that you purchase? I'm going to put it in a bundle. Okay. Yeah. Kevin, if you're listening, here's your first <laughs> bundle, okay? That 22-inch symbol, uh -huh. a taco, and twist rods. Okay. Bundle them together, and that's it. People go, well, you know, what, what does creative percussion do? Mm -hmm. An incredibly innovative percussive masterpiece. That's the only thing I can think of. When I think of creative yeah. percussion, that's literally it. So, um, yeah, dude. Kev, package those together, dude. Send it. <laughs> put it out into the world. We'll even put your name on it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's funny, man. I wonder, does he still have a... Because his signature move back in the day was those skulls for lugs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does he still do that? Have you seen any of his stuff? No, I haven't seen anything like that. Oh, man, dude. That was like one of the coolest parts about my snare, dude. Wow. I had a... If you go up to Feeny... It was Feeny Custom Drums, by the way, back yeah. in the day. So go on youtube and, and search feeny custom drums and there's a video of me butchering a video a demonstration of that snare drum and it was <laughs> awesome man so um you get a time machine and you get mm -hmm. to go back in time to when you first started playing drums yeah what is your one piece of advice to your past self that you think is going to benefit you right then and there 
Don't step on the, the bass drum drum head when you're trying to learn how to play drums. Uh, my uh, my dad bought me this little little white drum set from my friend Jeff. And uh, I was like really starting to like carry a beat. Mm-hmm. And I think I had like the foot hand, foot, foot hand thing down. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm rock and roll. And like my, <laughs> my buddy Jeff comes over and I was like, yeah, rock and roll. And I stepped on the bass drum on the beater head. And broke the bass drum head. And at the time, I had no idea how to even fix one or what right. it even was to buy. And uh, I went like three months without playing. <laughs> but uh, note to the uh, the baby Justin reckless self is, uh, you know, treat your treat your instruments with respect, man. Um, nah, man. It goes back to the beginning of what I was saying before. Literally just I was so much into like Alice in Chains and... Uh, Metallica and Godsmack and I didn't want to know anything else and that was really what I cornered myself into in the beginning and didn't really care to practice didn't really care to read yeah so those are the things I tell myself to do so what um, what do you have coming up with musical projects do you have any shows coming up any recordings coming up anything like that that you can kind of share with us yeah man Um, so drums wise honestly and don't hate me for saying this <laughs> zilch um i i sit in with anamika when i go there on wednesdays sometimes so i'll play a couple tunes but um Varric is the project that i have with justin friedberg my, my best bud uh so that's on everything you could find uh, we're about to release a full album and i'm on vocals he's playing guitar um and then everything else is electric um and then there's a cover band called the If Onlys that we're in with, or the If Only rather, with Chris, his brother, Justin, Eric, myself, doing a whole bunch of different color covers. Um, and then I work with this dude. I really want to shout Sea Lance out. Sea Lance is a producer uh, out of the Northeast who works with everybody from Vinnie Paz um, to uh, Mercules to Jelly Roll to Chris Webby. Like, oh, like he's he's a mastermind behind the MPC uh, behind production. Dude, he's an incredible guy and uh, incredibly talented as well. And just a solid freaking dude. Um, And I've been doing a lot of production work with him, uh, mostly vocals and guitar, which is interesting. Uh, And we just released a couple of tunes as of recent, one with Blind Fury, another with Jelly Roll and Mercules. And we've got some cool stuff. He's about to release an album that produced a lot on with him, so. Um, but dude, that's really, that's where the focus has been, man. Uh, and Shroom, Shroom is also another producer out of, uh, Europe that I've been working with a lot. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, we're getting ready to wrap this up. So as we wrap this up, uh, first off, I want to say thank you for being on, being a, a, uh, part of the creative percussion podcast. Yeah, man. Um, so where can people find you online on social media, everything like that? Justin Cohen music, man. That's, uh, yeah. And like I said, Varric, the if only, follow Sea Lance and follow Shroom. Those are the, the two guys that I, I produce with. But yeah, man, Justin Cohen music. And uh, I can't wait to chat with whoever follows me back and or whatever it is. And, and uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll chat. I'd, lo- I'd love, to, love to say hi to everybody. Yeah, easy enough. Yeah, man. All right. Dude, I appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. I thank you for yours. Of course, dude. All right, we're going to wrap this up. So thank you for listening to the Creative Percussion Podcast, and we'll see you next time.